0: things theology, all things theology We chop it up properly, without an apology Gotta get thexology, to God hollow Because this is how we do it at All Things Theology Grace and peace, grace and peace Welcome to another episode of All Things Theology Where I'm your host, K-Dub And today, we're gonna have a brotherly critique, yes But before we get into that Make sure you like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're not. As always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Yo, smash the like button, people! <laughs> yes, as I stated, I am going to critique something—a video where I was mentioned. My pastors was uh, was mentioned um, from Smart Christian Channel from Corey Miner. Before we get into the video, I do want, I want to say this because. Oftentimes when you critique someone else, the the assumption is, oh, you think they're a false teacher. You think they are going to hell or I don't think any of that of uh, Corey Miner. You know, that is. Let's not start this off with flamethrowers. Right. And I'm actually glad to see Joseph Bacata. Hopefully I pronounced that right, bro. <laughs> Forgive me if I did not but I'm going to uh, respond to some things that he said, you know, he critiqued me and that's perfectly well to do. I'm not above uh, critique, but I think, do think I can provide a learning lesson in one, how we do critique videos. One, no matter who you're critiquing, um, I believe it's always important to uh, provide a context, um, you know, keep them in context, right? It's, because look, I'm going be honest with you guys, <laughs> it would be very easy to uh, edit the video and, and manipulate the video in a way to say, to make the person say something they weren't intended to say, right? But as a Christian, I don't have the liberty to do that, right? And so that's first and foremost. When you're critiquing someone, it's important to provide a larger context so that, you know, it's being clear what they're arguing and, right? and not to uh, manipulate them. in in that sort of way um and so i try to model charity you know because there's there's some things where i'm like i think they were saying this but it's actually not clear i don't take that right and run with it so I, i i just think that's um important to do but it also is also providing a a learning lesson in how to critique i am going to respond to the claim of a two-age model eschatology. If you guys don't know what that is, you definitely want to stick around because um, I do think it's important. Um, I'll tell you guys straight up: I am a millennial. I'm not dispensational. I'm not post postmill. I've been talking a little bit more about eschatology uh, because I am coming into a position. When I say coming into, it's this has been year-long study, <laughs> years-long study, right? Not just last week. And so, um, so yeah, I, I agree. My brother Caldwell, brother Caldwell, he says, yes, sir. There's a right way or wrong way to do critique. Let's strive to glorify God by showing integrity. Demonstrating graciousness is critical. Amen. Amen. So, I I just want to get right into the video. I want to get right into the video. I got my Waterloo. I'm feeling good. So yes, I I, I will repeat this again because. I, I, please, and and if it's happening in the comment sections, my moderators, please keep an eye on it because I'm not trying to heat up, add fire to where there's not fire in the first place. If you guys understand what I'm saying, I, I'm trying to come about this, uh, as amicably as, as gracious as possible in this video, because, um, although I do have issues with what was said, right? I, I... There's a larger issue here. There's a, there's a, a, or, or for my part, not, not even speaking about Corey minor or smart Christian channels. I, I, I believe there's a learning lesson to, to learn here. So let's get into the video. Like I said, like the video if you're watching, let's get it.
1: Yeah. A lot of people I'm picking on reform today, guys. I love the, my reform brothers. I do. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been called reform. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but folks who are reformed, folks who are Calvinists five point, four point, twelve point, eight point Calvinist, whatever you are, um, there is there have been times where uh, you might want to lean on a viewpoint that's held by the majority of people in the reform camp just because they're reformed. Right now, I want to pull up something and this is going to segue us into this.
0: And let, let me just stop him there because. Like I said, when Corey's right, when somebody's right, I think it's important to acknowledge when they're right when doing critiques. Right. You don't have to <laughs> right, bash on everything they say or, um, you know, disagree with everything just to be disagreeable. There are many people, reform camp, any camp that just agree with the position just because it's the ma- majority or the popular or most held. So he's right on that, that there are people like that. But that can also be used the other way, where you kind of muddy the waters to assume that's where your, per- your you know a person is coming from. Um I first started studying eschatology um maybe five years ago, and the person I just started listening to was John MacArthur. And I quickly saw that it wasn't meshing with other uh eschatology the other beliefs that i held to um so i i you know this may offend some people but i do not believe it uh dispensationalism was consistent right with the whole orb theology that i had and held to so i could not embrace it i did not see it being a consistent system of thought throughout all the scripture like i said hey you may disagree i'm up for conversations but to his point, I agree in generally with that. But next, he's going to play a actually a, 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 a clip from my pastor, Emilio Ramos. <laughs> I have learned a lot from Emilio. Um, Great, good brother. Great pastor. Um, uh, You guys should be jealous of the pastoral leadership I'm under. <laughs> no, love your own pastor. Right. But I'm very thankful for Emilio. I've learned a lot from him, uh, I mean, been to his home and um, just seeing his care. And, you know, so a lot of things were assumed about um, Emilio, you know, that, um, <laughs> that I thought was a bit unfair, but we'll, we'll, I'll show you why. Uh, but like I said, I, I want to show, obviously, I want to respond to some of the critique, but I also want to... Uh, demonstrate for brothers how we are to critique one another so hopefully that's helpful as well so let's let's continue
1: i want to show this video real quick uh by chris williams kato uh-oh uh-oh push you, I'm, I'm pushing the wrong thing um i was going to blame the computer but it's me but i want to play this clip and i want you guys to see if why i have an issue with what he's saying not against a person or against k true. this isn't k True but this is a person who is um, it's called a critique of the, of the millennium dispensationalism and post-millennialism. I'm not going to go into his argument, but there's something that he says at the very beginning.
0: Well, and and so I'll stop right there because I actually am curious. Did Corey minor actually watch the video or did he just hear the first 20 seconds, which he's going to play and have an issue? Because if you don't listen to the totality of the argument, you're not really hearing the full uh, weight of Emilio's critique, right? So, but we will play that here in a second.
1: Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. We got to stop. Matter of fact, stop preaching. Let's deal with this first part that you that you have. And so let's go there. Let's see if I still have it set up correctly. I do. Okay, cool.
0: And so this was actually a uh, Sunday school that was two weeks ago at my church, Heritage Grace Community Church in Frisco, Texas. Um, where I am a member of, um, he said, and he was teaching, we're going through eschatology. Okay, great. So smart Christian channel is in the video. Grace and peace, bro. He said, I'll watch the video. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're here. So you can uh, hear some of the pushback I have. Uh, and hopefully you will, um, just see my side. I'm not asking you to agree with my conclusions, but, uh, see my side of things. Okay. And so I appreciate you being here. And so, yes, this was a teaching on the age, the, the, the two age model, the present age or the present evil age and the age to come. Now, Corey Miner has issues with this uh, teaching, but I'm actually going to show why I believe it's a biblical system of thought. And Jesus uh, presents actually one of the most clearest uh, teachings on this two age model. If you can bear with me, we'll get to that. But I want to play this video so that, remember I talked about in the beginning, playing the larger context, it would be hypocritical if I didn't do that, right? So I want to do that.
1: Let me push play. Ages, I believe that there are only two
0: ages. There is the present age that we talk so much about, which we are in now, which Galatians chapter one verse four says is the present evil age, okay? And then there is only an age to come, Right, which that when when it speaks of those categories, present, and
1: age to come, uh, age to come is speaking about the heavenly state. Now, my what I would say to him, and I I'm, I don't I don't know if he's gone to seminary or anything like that or whatever. But depending upon what seminar you go to, they're going to just tell you, no, tear the paper up, write that over again. What do you mean by there are two ages? He's talking about
0: well, Corey. This is where I think you were a bit unfair. To Emilio, because you played 27 seconds of his argument and you don't actually allow for the culmination to, for him to actually finish his point to where you say, oh, just throw it in the trash. If he, if he would have went to seminary, they would just throw it in the trash. Well, a seminary professor would read more than two lines of the paragraph. So that's where I don't think you were fair to uh, Emilio Ramos to, um, you know, so I would I would caution us to make <laughs> uh, large claims like that before we've actually heard the argument right now, he's presenting a case. He's stating, yes, he's making an assertion later on. He will actually present an argument for it. And I'm, I'm going to do the same thing a little bit later. And, and guess, guess what, Corey, I I would believe the same about, about you. If someone was to critique dispensationalism on one sentence and say, well, just throw this trash without hearing your conclusions, that would be unfair as well. So it's, I, I, I'm saying we both have to be consistent with this, not just you. Right. But every everyone, we should actually hear the argument presented before we say, oh, just throw it in the trash. I I, I don't think that's quite fair, but we will continue.
1: Now, you know what? Let me put it on the screen. I want you guys to see and and see if if this is a basis to form any sort of eschatological view. Uh, what happened? What did I do? I, I typed it in. I put it up there and then what did I do? Uh I turned around. So
0: but let me let me actually uh state what's because um context is important as uh Sealy says. Emilio stated that there are two ages. And then he goes on to um sorry, let, before I get to that, let me actually ask answer Joseph's question. Uh that's why I said what does he mean by the age to come? Allowing him to define his terms. Absolutely. That that's that's what I believe a, a you know if you're trying to be fair that would be like the first question to try to understand and and, and I agree with you Joseph what does he mean by pre, uh, present evil age and age to come if you, if you stick by I'm going to actually define what I believe those things mean biblically and we're going to walk through a few passages okay so um like I said I I do think there is a uh you know the first to present a case seems right to so a second comes along and examines um in many issues like this, but what Emilio was doing was he stated that there are two ages to come, and then he uses Galatians one uh, four, I believe, which uh, Corey is about to bring up, to describe the totality of the present evil age. Not both, but Corey's going to make a mistake here in a second, and I want you guys to catch what he what what the mistake that he does, which was not Emilio's point. I you know what? Let me play that over again because. Uh, I want you to listen again to Emilio's point because it was not the point that Corey made. And I'm going to echo Emilio's point. There is the present age that we talk so much about, which we are in now, which Galatians chapter one, verse four says is the, so what was Galatians one, four used to, to uh define the present evil age? N- note that down. If you're note-taking, the present evil age was uh, described by Galatians four, or Galatians 1.4 was described to uh, was used to describe the present evil age. Right. All right. We're going to go. Go for
1: it. And what do you mean by there are two ages? He's talking about, you know what? Let me put on the screen. I want you guys to see and and see if, if this is a basis to form any sort of eschatological view. Uh, what happened? What did I doggone? I I typed it in. I put it up there, and then what did I do? Uh, I turned around and doggone it! I turned around and 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 put something else up. So let me copy this and put it up on the screen. <laughs> okay, there it is. All right, let's go to the, he. Let's let's start reading. Uh, let's start in verse three. Paul is speaking to the church in Galatia. He says, "Grace to you and peace from God." our father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present age, from the present age, according to the will of our God and father uh, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let me read it again. Who gave himself to deliver, um, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the, from the present evil age, according to the will of our uh, God and father. Now, let me ask you a question, Joe. Would 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 you have a problem with how he basically comes up with really two dispensations, uh, the present age and then the age to come?
2: Well, I would have it. I would have if you want to say the evil age is our present age. I guess I could say fine based upon what you read, but mm-hmm. I would have a whole lot of questions for him when he says the age to come. Yeah, because how do you define that? First of all, when does it
1: begin? Well, here's here, here's the problem. If I go to it. Um, here it is, verse four: Who gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age? Uh, what's what's missing here? Maybe my maybe my 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 software is off. Uh, I don't see the age to come. I don't see a second age anyway.
0: Well, so this is where I say, Corey missed Emilio's point. Was Galatians one four used to describe both ages? No. Emilio said that was descriptive of the present evil age, Galatians 1.4. So you, you're asking <laughs> Emilio to prove more than he was at, was actually trying to prove. Emilio went to this text. Remember, he was talking about the present evil age and he said Galatians, which Galatians 1.4 talks about. He didn't give this verse to describe the age to come. I, I'll do that here in a second. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so this is why I think we have to be not, not just think. I, I know we should be fair when we're presenting the other's arguments, because sometimes we can over speak for them. Make them say something they're not saying. Or miss what they're actually saying.
1: Now, there is. I know what he's speaking of, though. I know what he's speaking of, but that's not that's not there in that passage. The age to come. So he's speaking about, obviously, we're going to be delivered from this current moment into something different. But how do you leapfrog into their basically two different ages? And that's it.
0: And guys, I'm going to show from scripture that there are only two ages. Now, I get it. I know dispensationalists don't like this. I know post-millennials don't like this. But, I mean, to me, the plain reading of the scripture presents only two ages. My challenge for those who say there are multiple ages show me what that age is and what the nature of that age is even described
2: in scripture. We'll get to that objection in a second. Yeah. Well, exactly. And it's sort of like, for me, if you want to talk about the age to come, okay. So the rapture, um, you know, is Jesus coming back? And then there's some people that say, well, the rapture and second coming of Christ is the same event. So then you have different, different interpretations of that. Mm-hmm. Then you want to talk about the, you know, a thousand year, you know, 1,000-year reign, and then you want to talk about how, you know, God puts Satan, you know, in the pit for a 1,000 years or, you know, that whole thing, the whole three and a half years of Antichrist reigning and all that. So when you say the age to come, is all of that umbrella in the age to come? So, like, my point is, when is the starting point? Yeah. And then when is the...
0: – I'll answer your question, Joseph, and then I'll prove it later because I want to finish you guys' point. You get a minute 40 left in this. But the age to come starts – when Jesus come back, <laughs> when the new heavens, new earth, when, when the culmination of all things, I'm going to prove that very clearly in Scripture. It's not an overreach.
2: Stand by. When is the ending point? So how do you know, based upon his two ages, how do you know when does one stop and the next one
0: begin? But that's actually a great question, Joseph. So I, I do, like I said, I, that is an excellent question. I do believe it's answerable.
1: What what is the, the the problem that I, that that even in the dispensational camps, and of course depending upon which dispensations you talk to, how many different dispensations are there? Well, well, the Bible doesn't say either, and so when you say, well, there's seven, there's twelve, there's forty, we can do the same with ages. How many ages are? There? Well, there's this age right here. There's this age. So we can do that forever. And so what what it is? Ends-
0: let let me answer this. The Bible only speaks of age in the present evil age. And the age to come, or the end of the age. Pretty much the here and the now, or, or the, the the here and the then. <laughs> but uh, I'll prove that. But so I think actually the onus um, is on um, other people who say no. There there are more than two uh, to to actually describe that. Joseph says he asked that because I never saw your pastor's video. Nope, no problem, Joseph. Uh, like I said, I, this is brotherly critique, you know. And so, I, I, my main thing. Okay, if you, if you know, if you stay dispensational, okay, you know, I believe that dispensationalists are brothers, unless you like some crazy hyper dispensationalists. But that, that's another video for another time. But uh, I do believe dispensationalists are brothers. So I'm not kicking you out of the kingdom, but I do want to give. You know, you and Corey, some things to consider, because I'm not really sure if you guys have spoken to a lot of um, millennialists and have 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 done much thought on the two age uh, structure. Not saying you haven't. I'm just saying I don't know how much you have. Um, eschatology has slowly and creepingly become one of my um, more interesting studies because I've read some 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 of, uh, some on the issue. Read books like. The Bible in the Future by, uh, um, what's the brother's name? Uh, Anthony, Anthony <laughs> Uh, You know, uh, Kim Riddlebarger's book, The Case for Amillennialism. Um, you know, G.K. Bill's book on the book of Revelation. And so in the last three, four years plus, I've done actually a lot of study on eschatology. And for the most part, I've been silent, you know on it publicly. And so we'll get
1: more to that in a second. So being is really classic eisegesis. And and so one of the things guys that, that Joe and I were kind of laughing about is uh, if you're gonna hold to Sola Scriptura and you violate Sola Scriptura, uh, right. well, that's not that no bueno. I, that's my Spanish for the day. That's no bueno, right? Right. And All right, so Corey accuses, hey, eisegesis, right?
0: Yes, Dr. Sam Storm's kingdom come as well. Yes. Eisegesis, right? We we claim to hold a sola scriptura, but we're really stuffing some other stuff in there. That's the claim. Right? I, I, right? I, I, I didn't. Oh, let me play it again, just in case you're saying I misrepresented him.
1: Well, the Bible doesn't say either. And so when you say, well, there's seven, there's 12, there's 14. We can do the same with ages. How many ages are there? Well, there's this age right here. There's this age. So we can do that forever. And so what, what it ends up being is really classic eisegesis. And and so one of the things, guys, that, that Joe and I were kind of laughing about is uh, if you're going to hold to Sola Scriptura and you violate Sola Scriptura, uh, well, that's not that no bueno. I, that's my Spanish for the day. That's no bueno, right? Right. And I think, wait a second, I, I, someone asked, what is this pastor's name? I don't, I don't know what his name is. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry guys. When I look into the link, I don't see his, uh, uh, I don't see his name over here. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His name is Emilio Ramos of Heritage Grace Community Church. Okay, cool. That's his name. Um, But whether he's right or wrong, how you got to that conclusion, Mr. Ramos is faulty. That, that, that's not, no, again, my Spanish.
0: Okay. So, how Emilio came to the two age model in scripture is faulty.
1: Okay. That's the claim. Uh, that's the claim. As again, Mr. Ramos, would you understand. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if he speaks Spanish. He has a Spanish name, He does, but still no winner. <laughs> no. that, 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 <laughs> right. I, I don't get that. Um, the same with anyone who holds to my.
0: And that's for the most part, it was 10 seconds left and he goes on to something else, but that's the claim. That, uh, you know, he, he claims, hey, that the Bible nowhere teaches two ages. Matter of fact, he he, he says, hey, we're not actually sure how many ages. Well, here's what I want to do, guys. Here's what I want to do. If you have your Bibles open, you have a browser you're able to open, please follow along with me. Because I believe I'm going to present a case, an argument, For two ages only. By default. Like this is how it only can be. According to what scripture says. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. First text. Well first. Here's my assertion. I'm going to uh, discuss the present evil age. Which I, I don't think most people will have an issue. With what I say about the present evil age. It's really the age to come. Which people have issues with. But let me allow me to mark this off. Uh, The age, that is the present evil age, is characterized as follows. It is filled with disobedience. It is evil. It knows suffering and death. Its philosophy is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Allow me to prove some of those real quick. Like I said, please follow along with your Bible. And like I said, make sure you like this video as well if you're watching. First text I want to go to is one of the texts he read from, right? Uh, Galatians 1 and 4. For context, I'll read verses 3 and 5. Um, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So here, Paul describes the reality of the now, the here and now as the present evil age. This world, this system in its totality can literally be described, according to Galatians 1-4, as a present evil age age, a present evil period, a present evil time, system, right? Thoughts, all of that is described as the present evil age. You following along with me? Let's keep going. And like I said, I I do want to I I will present, I will build on this argument I'm presenting. The next text I want to go to is Ephesians chapter two, verses one through seven. Ephesians Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Please, guys, please. Especially if you disagree, please follow along. If you don't understand, you're you're like, okay, I'm trying to wrap my my brain around it. Please follow along. I I believe it will be so helpful, so enlightening. If you follow along this Bible study here with me tonight. Ephesians 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Again, we're discussing the present evil age. Um, And and it goes, and you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked. Notice this language, guys. Notice. Remember what we just read about delivering us from this present evil age, right? This system, this thought, this time, this period of of being dominated by sin. He says, you were delivered, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked Following the course of this world. You you check that out. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So, so peep this out, man, because Ephesians 2, 1 through 7 is, is packed with this present evil age ideology, this thought. Okay. So here he says, following the course of this world. Right. And then following the prince of the power of the air again, this system, this this principality, this this age, this system, this ideology. I I mean, is it's course is set on evil. Right. And let's keep going, because Paul doesn't stop there to to describe it. Among we all once live in the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, like everybody is just on this course, right, in this present evil age from birth, right, children of wrath, right? Oh, verse 4, man, verse (laughs) 4, but God, right, you know the hymn, but God, but God, right, when did this present evil age begin? Stand by. We'll get there. Because we're going to describe the nature of it. When I describe the nature of it, I think it'll actually help us to understand this. Right? Um, where was I? Verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. Right? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse six, verse six and seven. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Where are you seated right now? I'm seated in my room. And so what does Paul actually mean that Christ has, we have been seated with him in the heavenly places. Here's what he means. That the age to come has come spiritually in our hearts. Jesus says that in in one place, that the kingdom of God resides within us. So there is a tension in these two ages, which I'll talk about about a little later. But the the, the tension in these two ages only reside in the believer's heart, not the unbeliever's. See, this is where I believe post-millennialism gets it wrong. Oh, let me say, let me save the heat. (laughs) So right seated us up with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, so that, so that in the coming ages, future, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Well, okay, but hasn't he showed us that now? Brothers, we partake in the blessings of the age to come, though the culmination of that event has not already happened. Right. This is this is so important to understand the already not yet aspect of eschatology. Right. We are seated with him already, but not yet. Right. What? So there's an aspect of alreadiness in the eschatological nature that we've experienced. We are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In what way? Spiritually. Right? Physically, that has not happened. Right? We're suffering. (laughs) Right? We get sick. And see, the problem with some people, sorry, like I said, is that many people have a over-realized eschatology, but some people have an under-realized eschatology. Right? Some people they have this is what's wrong with the prosperity gospel, right? They want to reign with Christ, right? They, they they're already reigning. They they got all the riches. Right? But no, they, they're forgetting the sufferings. Right? That, that that has not been consummated yet. So so here, Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, um tell us the already not yet aspect of eschatology. And it presents a two age model. It presents a present evil age and an a-, a coming age, right? So that's another place. Allow me to continue with this. And guys, there's so many passages I can go to. brother. Me and brother Rick Caldwell, by the way, uh, make sure you subscribe to brother Rick Caldwell's channel. He does a lot of teaching in-depth like this. If you like what I'm doing, you'll love his channel. We were talking about this. Oh, Ashley Tanner, great, great text. Justification, sanctification, glorification. All those things she just mentioned have an already not yet aspect. Right? Justification has an already not yet aspect. Why? We, we have peace with God. But that justification will be finally consummated at the day of uh, at the day of judgment. Right. Right. I'll be. But I'll be no more justified than I am from this moment to 30 years. It will just be consummated. Sanctification. You have received de- uh, uh, definitive sanctification. Right. Once for all declared holy. Right. Righteous. But you are progressively being sanctified, and one day that final sanctification will be done. No more sin. Glorification. Right? What does Paul say in Romans 8? We have been, past tense, because of the already, because of the not yet is so sealed. See, when you understand aspects like this, it's impossible to lose your salvation because guess what? The already aspect is pointing you eschatologically until the not yet. And so God has promised the not yet. We have the already. Guys, this is, it's, it's so fundamental to understand. It's so fundamental to understand. So, um, uh, I see two more ages, the present evil age and the one to come. Well, those are two ages. What other two ages other than that do you see? Uh, okay. Luke 20 Verses twenty-seven to thirty-six, Luke chapter twenty, um, verses twenty-seven to thirty-six. My brother Rick Caldwell is following me, man. I I, I got in a preach mode right there. <laughs> it's under. It's so important to understand these already not yet aspects of theology. If you do not have an already not yet aspect of the theology, I believe you will be, uh, many texts will be confusing because it'll sound like a contradiction. Are we seated with Christ in the heavenly places or is that future? Is glorification past tense or if it's future? Well, if you understand the already not yet aspect of theology, it actually, it, it, it harmonizes together. Sorry, let me, uh let me. I know people asking me to bring choreo. I, I wanna get through this teaching and then if, You know, he wants to come on after that, then we can see about it. But I want to actually, because I think this is actually fundamental. This is, this is important to understand. This is very important to understand. Again, Luke chapter 20, verses 27 to 36. Okay. And this is the controversy of about, right, the Sadducees, Pharisees, right? Um, discussing marriage, right? Will we be married in the kingdom, right? Is what they're ultimately asking. Uh, Verse 27, starting at verse 27 says, there came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection. And they asked him a question saying, teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, Having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children. The second and the third took her. And likewise, all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. So here's their question. Pay attention to the question. They ask, in the resurrection... Right. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as a wife. Right. Pay attention to Jesus answer, because Jesus is going to provide, I believe, one of the more clear. Teachings on the two age model in scripture. Pay attention to this. If you haven't been listening, pay attention. And Jesus said to them, the sons of this age marry. So you want to know if we're in the present evil age, that present age, if the age you're in is defined as still this age, you can ask the question, do people still marry? Right? Yes, of course. So we're still in the present age, right? We've been in there for thousands of years. (laughs) Right, Jesus says the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. Notice this. Notice this. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age, future, that is the age to come. That's the, you know, the future age. So those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage so here's what you can ask is the age that you want to fit your your you know your millennium your 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 eschatological position is it does it does it still have marriage if so it's not the age to come it's still the present evil age it's still the present age, but Jesus is actually going to go further. So in the age to come, but we already know what the age to come is. That bro, That's heaven. That's, <laughs> that's the culmination of all things. But let's keep going. 36. So here's Jesus' reason for why they're not going to get married. Verse 36, for they cannot die anymore. Whew. Jesus bringing the heat they can't deny die anymore because they are equal to angels and are sons of gods sons of god sorry <laughs> being sons of the resurrection so here's here's a couple things they've experienced the resurrection they, they 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 notice this they are equal to to angels and are sons of god they've experienced the glorification Verse 36 per A, they cannot die anymore. So the age to come can be wrapped up in a few things. They don't marry, they don't die, they've been glorified, and they've been raised. Jesus taught it right there. Oh, br- brothers, it's so glorious once you understand it. But let me let me keep going. Let me keep going because. Like I said, I, I got a few more texts I want to uh, explore. A few more texts I want to explore. This text is simply um, to bring out that there are two ages that Jesus brings out multiple times in the Bible. I'm not going to discuss this controversy but again, this verse I'm going to go to is only to teach the two-age model. Matthew 12, 31 to 32. Again, Matthew 12, 31 to 32. All right. The text says, therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy, will be forgiven people. But the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. And everyone who speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age, present age, right? Or age to come. So Jesus presents two ages here. If there are more ages... Jesus doesn't even talk about it. He doesn't talk about whether forgiveness is even possible in those ages or not. So this is why I say the onus is actually on those who present multiple ages to find them. Because Jesus Jesus frequently always speaks in present age, age to come. Present age, age to come. And we're going to see that here in a second as well. Guys, I know that this can be pretty lofty. This can be, uh, what's the word, uh, new? But I believe this is a clear, uh, clear teaching in Scripture. Like I, I, I get it. I get it. The already not yet yet aspect can be new. It can be unfamiliar to many. Is there sin in the age to come? Of course not. Of course not. Uh, Let's see. Verse 20. uh, Sorry. Uh, Next text we're going to go to is Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And like I said, I encourage those listening, those watching to follow along. Mark chapter 10 verses 23 to 30. Mark chapter 10, verses 23 to 30. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the age to come. The age to come. Um, so, yes. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. And, 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 and maybe you've, before I go on, maybe you've actually known a familiar theme. That the age to come language, the present evil age, has been around many texts that we've enjoyed for years, right? Right next to the Ephesians 2.8, right? By grace you've been saved, we see talk of the present evil age, right? And so let me continue. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? (laughs) Right? Who could be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it's impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has Left house, or brothers, or sisters, or mothers, or father, or children, or land, for my sake, for the gospel. Who will not receive a hundredfold? Now in this time, brothers, pay it. Brothers, pay attention because Jesus is about to present the already, not yet. I'm going to back up a verse, just so I got your to pay attention. Just so I have your attention. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is there is no one who has left house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake. And for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Already. Right. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and. In the age to come, eternal life. Right. So here we again, we have the two age model presented again. In this time, that is to say the present age. And in the age to come. Right. And and, and like I said, like I said earlier, there is an aspect of the already not yet here because. We experience the not yet in in, in an already sense spiritually, right? Just not physically, right? Spiritually, we would all argue that we have experienced eternal life spiritually, right? Already experienced eternal life, right? Jesus says that, John 3, right? Whoever believes has eternal life. Right? We've, we, we, we know that to be true, but here Jesus presents a future aspect of eschatology when it comes to eternal life. Right? The age to come, you will have eternal life. That's future tense. Are we confusing ages with events? Meaning if the age to come is the new heaven and earth, all the stuff I asked still happens, so what changes? I'm, I'm not sure what all you asked. I'm not sure what all you ask, but I mean, the text literally says age to come. I mean, so I I would argue to someone else, if age to come does not mean the future heavens, uh, the, the, the final finality of it all, then what does it mean? What is beyond that? That's why I say the onus is actually on those who reject this teaching. One more text. One more text and we'll... We'll take what que- maybe I'll take some questions, but yes, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, this uh, verses 36 to 43, Matthew 13, verses 36 to 43. yes Matthew 13 30, 60, 43 Aaron says nobody denies an already not yet experience well so actually some people do some people do <laughs> but what about the coming ages plural and past ages? well before we get to the what about I I think you have to actually um, answer my critique because I think what I'm pre- I, what I'm presenting actually defeats dispensationalism because in the coming, because all this, because in um, dispensationalism, I, I would ask you, what is the millennium? Is it, is the millennium the present age or is it the age to come? It can only fit into those two. According to everything I've read. Oh, uh, Joseph asked, when I saw my video, thousand year reign, three and a half years of Antichrist. Well, <laughs> again, I'm not a dispensationalist, so I, that's not a none of those are a problem for me. Um, So, yeah. Can you go over the uh, verse 12, 32 again? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go back there in a second. Let me uh, let me let me uh flesh out this verse real quick. Matthew 13, 36 to 43. Then he left the crowds and went into the house and his di- disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered the one who. So Jesus, this is Jesus ex- actually explaining his parable. Can you hear me? OK, cool. I think I think I'm still OK. Yeah, this is Jesus explaining his parable on the parable of the sower and the seeds. Right, and so he, if Jesus explains a parable, then we should definitely go with that interpretation, right? Not others who've had some very fanciful interpretations over the centuries and the millennia. He says the field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Right, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. Peep that out. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are angels. Notice what he says, verse 40. Notice what he says. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. Right? What is he talking about? Final judgment. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. Okay? The Son of Man will send his angels. What is this talking about? This is talking about the return of Christ. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, right? And throw them into the fiery furnace. What is that? Hell. Final judgment again. Language. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Just in case you don't think that's hell, okay? Notice what it says there. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Yeah, I take that view as well, uh, Rick. But but again, here we have Jesus comes back, and as Shaolin say, that's a wrap. When Jesus come back, he will judge the wicked, and he'll gather the righteous. There's nothing else that needs to happen. Or or what what will happen after that? Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has an ear, let him hear that. Right. I get it. I get how this can be different. I was raised. I, I mean, I, I grew up believing in the rapture. I mean, I think that's the cultural uh, state of, of evangelicalism is to believe in the rapture and, and, and all those things like that. You, you know, you're constantly trying to pin the tail on the, uh, the antichrist. Uh, I, I grew up in that kind of, um that milieu. And I'm not even using that that negatively. I'm just saying that's the kind of state I grew up in. Like the, Evangelicalism, I grew up in, right? We waiting for the rapture, waiting for the rapture, right? Any moment, the rapture. <laughs> Until I started examining some of these things uh, scripturally, you know. I mean, you know, the Thessalonians passage is often presented as a rapture passage. Until you read, and it, it's like, wait a minute, you know, um, and so. I do believe that here, uh, let's see, but in the present evil age, many things can happen like the time of the Gentiles in Romans 11, correct? Uh, Yeah, many things can happen, but I I don't know what you mean by that. Um, I don't believe, here's where I think this is actually the blow to, uh, uh, I mean, post-millennialism and pre-mill, because this actually rules out a, a millennial, because, Um or you're not doing a thorough study regarding all the verses that speak about the age, respectfully you're being selective and therefore inaccurate. Well, that, that's your claim because you, you, you're you not actually addressing any of the texts I'm bringing up. You just say, Hey, the Bible uses age over here. So therefore it can't means what those texts mean. Again, Jesus presents a very clear two age model. So are you saying that the antichrist does not make his parents? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I do believe in a little antichrist, um, but I, I do think I, so. There's many, and there I do I I do hold to a a singular person who will embody what the what uh, the teaching of the antichrist. But there, was some, there was some I was going somewhere with that before I uh, addressed that question. Um. Oh yes. Uh. This is why I believe this rules out a millennial, because of the nature of what the Bible describes as the present evil age and the age to come. You have two choices to put the millennium in. You can put it in the present evil age, but that doesn't seem to fit what people are talking about with the uh, present evil age, with the with, with the, the millennial, right? Because things are supposed to get better from a post-male, pre-male perspective. But it it, does, it doesn't fit the age to come because there's marriage in the millennial from the post-male, pre-male perspective. So it can't be the... It can't be the uh, age to come either. So here's what you have to do. You have to create some kind of third age. See, this is actually what I believe the two age model is actually the death blow to post mill and um, pre mill. Like, like I said, I know they both will disagree. That's that's fine. We could have those disagreements. But I do believe this is actually something that has to be dealt with and um, not just ignored, not just, oh, well, what about this over here? Okay, well, you're only just shifting the goalposts now. You're only shifting the goalposts. And and this, and I started, I the reason why I, I did this video is because um, the 2 age model was presented as some non-scholastic, uh, just almost idiotic belief, isogetical belief that, oh, oh uh, people in the reform camp, some in the reform camp hold to. And so like I said, yeah, I was a bit offended by that because, you know, um <laughs> you know, so I, I I thought that was a bit unfair and uncharitable. Um I, now you can have your strong critiques, right? I believe my position uh defeats both, but I still think I've been charitable. Uh I don't believe I misrepresented any position today. If so, uh, please let me know. And and and, and I say that because and to be fair, there are, I guess, there's, uh, um, you know, things to think about. Uh, th- there's multiple post-mail positions, multiple pre-mail positions. So I'm not saying I'm addressing every point. So please be fair. Seventh from Adam says, K-Dub is bringing up some good points and I'm pre-mail. I appreciate that, bro. Long time no see, man. That's all I'm trying to do. You, you guys know how I do here, man. I just want you to. Think about it. Think about it, man. Look, hey, if if I change your mind on these issues, hey, good. I, I mean, that's my goal. But I get it. Not everyone will agree with me. Not everyone agree with me. Let's just see if Brother kW will address Colossians one twenty six and Ephesians two seven. <laughs> well, I, I I have addressed Ephesians two seven. You you came in a little late, but two, you you should address my point. Not do whataboutism and say, well, what about this text over here? What about this over here? If what, if my positive case I'm presenting is actually true, then you have to deal with that point. Right? You have to deal with that point. So, I mean, like like I said, we, we can all go to, see, this is what actually, this is what Armenians do. When you take them to Romans nine or or Ephesians one or you know or you, you, you teach about salvation by grace, you go to Ephesians two. Somebody always well, well James, no deal with the text. I'm saying we can we can address those issues afterwards, <laughs> right? But we can't do whataboutism when when we, we're doing exegetical uh you know given an exegetical explanation, you know so. I mean, I, I I just think that's being consistent with my theology elsewhere. Like, if someone was to, if someone was to do this with, with Reformed theology, right, jump out of Romans 9 and go to John 12, we would be like, bro, you just jumped out of the passage. But you're doing the same thing here. We, we, we have to be consistent in all our theology. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I know some of these things can be difficult and challenging. I know there are some difficult texts. I'm not saying there aren't things to think about. I'm not saying there aren't things to think about from the dispensational side. Oh yes, Miss Vanessa, you're going to want to catch this replay. Christ was speaking to the Jews who expected an earthly kingdom. He wasn't addressing the church. See, this is actually one of my big problems with dispensationalism, right? That and and and, and what verse are you speaking about? just so I can be clear about what um, Jesus wasn't speaking about or he was only speaking to the Jews. But I, I I have a, 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 I have an issue with certain forms of dispensationalism, which turn all of Jesus audience to Jews only and no application for us. Right. Who turn the, you know, the kingdom and only to a Jewish kingdom. The new covenant is only for Jews. I have an issue with, we certain forms of dispensationalism that does that. Not all, I get it, not all. So if it doesn't apply, please don't be offended, but get it. But guys, you must admit there are dispensations like that and not just some small sect, pretty large. Um, eschatology is not my strong suit. Neither married or given in marriage. So Jesus was only addressing the Jews. So only Jews aren't, are going to marry and not marry. Where is that in there? Where where is that in there? Jesus actually talking about the nature of of of, of the of the of the, of, of the present evil age and the age to come. He actually wasn't even addressing the Jews. He was addressing marriage. They asked him a question on marriage. So he's not addressing just Jews. This is marriage in general. Are you saying that there are going to be people married in the age to come? I agree or agree with that. Let me let me give some resources. Let me let me give some resources, guys. Uh, that would be helpful. With some stuff like this uh because I think you may be misunderstanding dispensational hermeneutics. Uh okay, that's an assertion. How? What what have I said that was inaccurate in describing your matter, matter of fact I've been mostly explaining my position. So. uh, Revelation. Revelation. Uh, By GK Bill would be very good. You say, that's what I'm not saying, but my point was he addressing the Jews concerning the earthly kingdom. Prove it. that's, That's not what he was doing. He's addressing marriage. It's it's not only applicable to to Jews, but, but 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 all people concerning marriage since all people get married. Nowhere does Jesus say this is only applicable to uh to to Jews. So yes, yeah, this is a good source to read uh GK Bills commentary in the book of Revelation. Uh who did I mention earlier? Oh, this is a good book as well. This is a, a low-key gem. It's called The End, The Church's Hope, The Reformed Doctrine of the End, The Millennium. Um, good book by David Ingelsma. I mean, I just I just ripped this book to shreds. <laughs> I, just, I just tore that book up. Um, let's see what else. This book as well. The Bible and the future. Anthony Hokema. Uh Again. I mean, I was just. Devouring this stuff. In the last. Year or two. Um, probably a couple more years ago. But. Um, let's see. Those are some good starters right there. Um, I have some other stuff as well. Um, I have some other stuff as well. But. Those are some good starters, man. I hope this video was enjoyable though, but, uh, you know, the, the teaching, um, I'll have to do more stuff like this, man. I'm, I, I'm feeling like a Pentecostal preacher right now. in It's hot room. I mean, man, you know, so let's see. See, even this uh, Joseph is a dispensationalist, and I actually appreciate your interaction, Joseph. Man, maybe we can we can talk um, offline or you know something, or, you know, if you're willing. Uh, but he says I agree. Jesus was referring to all people with him in the new heaven and new earth, not just Jews. That doesn't make sense to me. And like I said, he's he's he's, dis- he's I think he's disag- disagree with me on some aspects of what I'm teaching. I, I don't know, but I know he's uh, dispensationalist of some some variety, and so. That's, that's someone not in my camp, quote unquote, saying, Hey, he's, he, he, he's seeing what I'm saying, at least on that issue, at least the one issue. Is this a tour of K-Dub's library? Not yet. (laughs) Just, just a little sneak peek on, um, just a couple of, uh, books on eschatology. That'll be good. I don't know if you see this book here, this book as well. It's called the commentary of the new Testament use of the old Testament by GK Bill and, uh, Carson, that's actually a good book as well. Very thick, very thick, very big, Uh, very big, big book, huge, huge. <laughs> uh, let, I don't I don't know if I have any more. I'm sure I do. I mean, uh, let's see, God Heaven and Armageddon. That that it gets a little into some eschatology stuff. So yeah Gets a little to some eschatology Dear World Christian, made it on Made it on, my brother Let's see Do I have anything else On eschatology um, Oh, how could I forget this book here How could I forget this uh, A Case for Amil Understanding the End Times Ken Maruda Very good book Grace and peace, bro. Hey, no love lost here, man. I get it. I get it, man. Like I said, I, I, I understand that not everyone will hold my uh perspective. But yeah. Just to say I'm dispensational on some points, but not on others. Again, it depends how people define terms. Absolutely. No one has asked Corey if he has the time, but it would be nice to have a discussion one day, right? Like, I, I mean, I get it, the nature of social media and all. You got a debate right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd be open to have a conversation about these issues. I, I'd be more than willing, you know. I, like I said, I started off this conversation saying I believe Corey is my brother. Um, I, I, I didn't say this, but let me say this. I appreciate his channel. I appreciate what he's done. I disagree with a lot of stuff he does. That's fine. He's spreading the gospel, spreading the word. Hey, um, glory to God, right? I did not want to turn this into a a mud slinging contest. A, uh, uh, you know, amen, Ken. I I agree with that. The first resurrection in Revelation 20 is spiritual resurrection. Believers have already passed from death to life. God makes alive when we're dead. Amen. The second resurrection is the bodily resurrection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it is this live? Sounds like we're live. I like to chat. Joseph, man, I would love to chat with you, man. Uh, and, and like I said, I I don't I don't I'm not touting myself up here like I'm the ex- eschatology expert. Um, I don't I don't I don't know at all. I, I don't. But these are things which what I presented today I, I I'm firm in. This is what I hold to. I'm pretty rooted in my amillennialism, uh, because of my 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 belief on the two age model. I I could I could not be consistent going with a dispensational side um, or premillennial side or sorry premillennial or postmillennial side. There we go. There you go, brother Corey. You haven't been ungracious or mean. You're okay in my book, Chris. Appreciate you, bro. That that that's all I wanted to present today. Um, hey, look, we got a disagreement. That's fine. You reviewed my video the other day. I don't think you were uh, mean spirited. Uh, there's some things I, I think I had to correct, or, you know, maybe yeah, correct. You know, that's fine. Look, I I'm not a bro above. Reproach as well. Like there's gonna be a time. There has been time where people have uh, re- rebuked me, corrected me, and I've had to. Okay, I, okay, you know. Um. So yeah, um. We, we just have a disagreement. That's all. That's as simple as it is. No one's calling each other heretic. <laughs> no one's, you know. So. Nina says I appreciate your conviction. I haven't been able to keep up my mind. Like I said, I hope the. I, I hope you guys will invest in some of the resources that I actually, uh, um, you know, recommend it. Maybe watch this video twice because like I said, this was a a large, in-depth, quick, this was a, <laughs> you know, speed of light course on already not yet the two-age model eschatology. Uh, and like I said, it's a, a brief, and we could have gone, Um we could have gone a lot more in depth, but I did not want to overwhelm, which I probably did. <laughs> it's always the case, right? When you you know, as a teacher, you try not to overwhelm those who uh, may not be familiar with the topic or, uh, you know, just not as familiar. Yeah. And sometimes we can go over people's head. Not because they're silly, just familiar with the topic. Oh, so... Hey, I'll, I'll I'll take I should I'll name my channel Dumb Christian Channel. <laughs> Actually, I didn't say I said if we had time I would, but this kind of shows you like, man, I don't know people sometimes listen. <laughs> Maybe we can set something up. How about that? Because I've already gone what hour and fifteen in, and I know if I brought them on, we would go at least two and a half hours, and so. <laughs> yeah if you I, I think it would set up a better discussion if one we had a, a a topic and um also it was yeah planned out so I, I'd be I'd be willing to do that um I would I would hope to have a discussion on the two-age model and the nature of the two-age model um so yeah um so yeah man i I guess like I said I, I hope I just gave you something to. Think about it. Think about you know that's it. That's that's my goal to put a put a rock to be a holy rock in your shoe. <laughs> you know and so, um, yeah that that's all I wanted to do. Uh, is is to make you think about something, think about something maybe you've not thought about or never even considered. And so, if you did that that. My my job my job was done. If if I cause you to, hey, okay, he made a good point. I need to have a a a answer for that passage. Um, I need to deal with that point. Um, you know, so, and, and like I said, I do think I do believe the things I brought up need to actually be dealt dealt with, and not just dismissed as, oh, that's just silly. We know that's not true because the rapture or thousand year millennial. Well, we don't assume your theology deal with the point I'm making. And so um, hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully it was educational. Um, We're probably going to wrap this up here. And so, man, uh, I appreciate you guys, guys all attending leave, leave a comment. Let me know what you think, man. If there's something I need to clarify, because man, I just was not clear. Let me know. That's very possible. Let me know. And I will, seek to clarify any misunderstanding um, or mis misspoke that I that I did you know so you guys let me know you guys know how we do it here at all things theology till the next time
1: peace. grace and peace y'all
0: grace and peace grace and
1: peace grace and peace,
0: grace and peace y'all till the next time grace and peace